So this exclamation point is sitting at a bar drinking away his sorrows. The bartender asks if he wants another one and asks if he's doing okay. I mean, the guy looked pretty sad. The exclamation point shakes his head and says, I can never date another apostrophe. The last one was way too possessive. Welcome to the Managing Editor Show. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Jess. Every Tuesday morning, we jump into your earbuds to talk the down and dirty on all things writing, editing, and content. From the perspectives of the guardians of the publishing galaxy, the folks who approve your submissions and make your words not suck. So this week, we're actually going to talk a little bit. It's going to get into be a little bit of a touchy-feely episode, don't you think, Jess? I think so. This is very, very much an emotional subject. So we're going to talk about why it hurts to get edited and be told that your writing needs to change, how you can work with editors to get your piece published, and without losing yourself in the process. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to make sure their voice is shown, but then they worry about editors taking that out. Exactly. So... I get uh, pretty pretty regular feedback since we do so many rounds of editing with writers on all of our sites that is some variation of this email. And it's usually something like, I've reviewed your suggestions and find them to be absolutely irrelevant. In fact, I have declined most of them. My article is fine the way it is. When will this piece be published? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I love that, you know, I'm looking at the email right now and the word suggestions is in quotes. (laughs) Like as if they're not actual suggestions, they're like, sort of suggestions or something or or I've uh I I included that in the uh in the show notes that we have for each other because that's literally I've gotten three or four suggestions or some other similar word in quotation marks and I'm like I see already right off the bat I don't think you know how to use the the quotation mark correctly (laughs) (laughs) they're not kind of suggestions they're actual suggestions yes (laughs) Yes, I mean, that is a little audacious. But in general, you know, not everyone approaches the subject that way. Sometimes they're even nice about it. They really don't understand. And that's why this is such a touchy subject because, you know, everyone thinks that they pour their heart and soul into a piece. They think they're such a great writer and their ideas walk on water. And, you know, I'm not saying the ideas aren't great. And the reality is that they probably are. They probably are really good, and that's why the editor chose to publish your work. But as a writer, as a, you know, a copywriter, a content marketer, you have to remember that an editor's job is to take your ideas and shape them and massage them and make them into something gorgeous that that particular publication's audience wants. And that's actually pretty cool because you as a writer didn't even have to pay them to do that. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) else is paying for this editor to make your, your piece even better than it already is. So to call these suggestions, you know, not warranted or not valuable is, is a little rude, but, but, but I can understand why because people take these things as a personal attack sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. And those people who are paying for those editors, that's, you know, this is just the the fact of what happens when you're publishing on someone else's platform. Right. You know, I've said before, I appreciate so much when people send in submissions because without submissions, we wouldn't have content on the sites for the people we're working with. 
But my job as a managing editor is to make sure that all the content meets uh, a standard of quality and you know really serves the voice and vision for that particular site. That doesn't mean we wanna strip you out of it totally, but often there needs to be a balance between your piece and the tone of the site. And, you know, we're trying to figure that out just as much as you are, which is why, you know, the quote unquote suggestions <laughs> are coming through instead of an edict of rewrite this. Right, exactly. And the other thing, you know, to your point that I don't think a lot of people realize is that we use a lot of tools, you know, software that specifically analyzes the performance of our content. You know, we're always iterating based on how things do, and that can change. You know, people's preferences change, so we have to adapt our content to what the audience wants. And when these tools are analyzing the performance of the, the content, they help us identify the keywords and the ideas that are gonna resonate the most. I think a lot of people think that we're we're just choosing what we like the best or we're choosing, you know, which author's name we wanted to name our firstborn or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, they're not giving us the benefit of the doubt, which is frustrating. And, you know, is what we're, we figured out from these tools and these analyses the perfect formula? No. But if I change your headline or rephrase your sentences or adjust the order of your points, I've done it for a reason and possibly even a scientific reason that's based on data. <laughs> Imagine that, you know, writers also use numbers, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. And yeah, the editor's job is to know the audience so intimately and understand the metrics so that they can publish something that kicks ass. So that's what they're trying to do with your content as well. Yeah. And there's, there's no doubt, you know, some sites, they're hiring editors, they're hiring proofreaders, who are just there to do a dice job on your content, or they're running it through some software that makes it grammatically correct, but like personality terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just trying to make it the most absolutely perfect and correct article that's out there instead of doing a lot of the stuff you just mentioned. But so many brands now are hiring these editors and managers who are more than that. Yes. You know, these are people that have the experience with the data and the analytics. They have experience with publishing. They know what works and what doesn't. And I've had writers who've told myself or my team more than <laughs> once, which is more than should ever happen. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were just some VA. First of all, fuck you. Like, honestly, don't treat people like that, regardless of what you think their position is. I bet you're one of those jerks who, like, talks down to waitresses and complains about service at restaurants as well. No one wants to date you. No one wants to work with you on your editing piece. Just stop it. <laughs> but secondly, if you aren't treating these people well, regardless of whether they're a managing editor or just some quote-unquote VA proofreader, how do you think they're going to reciprocate? Like, how do you think your lack of respect is going to be met? Absolutely. I mean, you could counter with any number of things. Oh, I thought you were just some asshole sitting in your parents' basement writing me mean emails. Right. I th I'm sorry. I thought you were just some writer who wanted to get published on this site and we were working with you. That's what the actual answer is, jerk. Right. Oh, that <laughs> makes my blood boil. The whole just a VA thing is is a, another topic for another day, but that drives me crazy too because 
it's so I know that the that the stigma around a lot of VAs is pretty negative and I know that my team at Don't Panic is really trying to break out of that mold but still I mean there are so many smart people and they're not just VAs they have brains they've done really good work and they work really hard so Oh, that makes me crazy. But anyway, we can talk about that <laughs> another time. I wanted to now, I think we should give some people some guidance on maybe how they can best um, utilize feedback and turn something that they may not understand into something that actually helps. Mm. If you're someone who is really particular about your voice, you know, a lot of people have done a really good job and worked really hard on making their writing really echo them and have developed an audience or uh, a following that knows that voice and can recognize it. And so if there are certain parts of your article that you can't bear to part with, just let your editor know up front. Say, you know, hey, I said this a certain way because it's sort of my tagline. Or this is how I talk and I want that to come through in my writing because people seem to really like it. You know, then there's a dialogue with the editor that we can have, right? And there's a context for the why you did something as opposed to an editor who doesn't have any context on you or your writing or who you are. They can understand, oh yeah, you know, this may not be perfectly in line with what my audience is used to hearing, but it may be something that's worth trying because this person has put so much work into their own personal brand. Right. Well, and when you're coming to us saying, I have success with this in my space and my arena, now you're coming at us with the the data and the support that we as editors like seeing because editors are weird little creatures that live both in the world of the creative and in the world of analytics and data and very structured thinking. So it's just so helpful to me when someone can tell me creatively and like statistically why I should do something. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think happens with a lot of editors or that people don't really realize with editors is we have, you know, standards that we follow as well. And one thing that I picked up from the work that I've done in the past on publications is usually 10 to 15% of any piece can and should be cut. That hurts a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, Stephen King talks about like, you're going to have to kill your darlings. You know, you might be repeating yourself and it's not in a pithy reinforcing manner of repeating yourself. It's in a Reader has to smack their head against a brick wall trying to slog through all of what you're talking to them about sort of way, which is never how you want to communicate to your readers. Right. So bloating your writing in a way that a lot of people do it because they want to sound smart. They want to sound like they know what they're talking about by just kind of effusing and throwing up as much as possible onto a document. And don't get me wrong, as an editor, I would much rather cut than try to create more. Absolutely. But just understand that most editors, that's what they're going to do is they're there to cut away some of that bloat and get the article to the most brilliant, salient points possible for the reader while still maintaining the conversational and personality tone. So yes, I totally agree with this point. And, um, uh, you know, another point to that is if something gets published, you know, sometimes with editing, especially for a lot of the publications that I work, we're publishing multiple times per day. We don't always 
always get to run the whole thing past the writers before we publish them, especially if we don't feel like we're making big, crazy changes. As a writer, generally, you know that once you put your piece into an editor's hands, the odds of it being changed even just slightly are very high. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know that you're you're going to get published with some changes. But if something gets published that you're not happy with, it's totally fine in my book to send an email or a message about it. But don't be all, you bitch, you changed my shit. <laughs> Give the editor the benefit of the doubt for all the reasons we mentioned before. And maybe say something like, hey, I I really got a kick out of that example I gave out about the flying monkeys, but I noticed you cut it. Any reason why? You know, I'd love to understand so I can better serve your audience in the future. Totally reasonable. Get straight to the point, ask the question, but show that you're willing to you're willing to be open to other points of view. You're willing to work harder in the future. You know, that goes back to our, our biggest point about working with editors, which is that you need to develop a relationship. <laughs> and even saying something, showing that you notice, showing that you notice the work that the editor did on your piece and that you want to understand that work so that you can write better for that audience. I mean, I think that's the hallmark of a great writer is someone who can adapt and and hone in on their voice and tone and the examples that they give so that they can work best with the audience or with the publication that they're trying to please. I think that's the point that a lot of writers don't always realize and don't always I don't know. It, it's probably where a lot of this pushback comes from um, in not being able to work with editors is at the end of the day, this is your content. Like it's my site or my client's sites, but it's your content. So if you're really unhappy with the changes that are being suggested or the way that something's pushing ahead or Anything like that, obviously, if the piece publishes, then, you know, you don't really have a lot of recourse at that point. But in the interim leading up to it, you can always request that they publish it as is or return the piece to you. You know, you just have to be prepared for what the repercussions are here because ultimatums are a dangerous game to play because people might call you on them. You, you might email an editor and say, you know what, I'm really not happy with this. I'm not sure that this is going to work for the site. The editor may write back and say, you know what, I agree. You can have your piece back. We release the rights. So it's completely okay to make that request uh, as long as you do it like in a reasonable way and aren't an ass about it. But moral you know, of the story. <laughs> yeah, you you have to be ready to if you're going to threaten to pull the piece, be ready for it to be pulled. That might mean returning payment, that might mean you're not getting published. You know, you have to accept it gracefully if you want to try to push it. And if you really do want to publish on the site, you know, like you just said, it's all about the relationship with the editor. So figure out a topic and an article you can share in a way that you'll feel comfortable with and the editor will still be able to publish on their site. And then everyone wins. And everyone winning is such a good game. Yay! <laughs> That's the ultimate goal. I love it. All 
Awesome. So I am excited about something this week. It's something that we've used on my team for a while, Canva, but they recently launched Canva for Work, which is a little bit of a beefed up version of Canva. I feel like I know what good design looks like when I see it. I just can't make it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, We've all had to create something one point in it or, or another, even if we're writers or, or something else. So I feel like Canva makes it really easy for those of us who are design challenged. <laughs> and Canva for work is super awesome because it allows you to load up your own brand's fonts and custom colors and any logos or other branding elements that you have, which is so helpful because then you can just have access to them from a drop down menu. And it really has helped me and my team not have to use big, fancy, expensive software like Photoshop um, because they, they let you set up templates. So even like for us, we... Um, we do things like we share quotes from people or we make little blog graphics for each article that we publish. And we were always doing those in, in Photoshop. And Ooh. layers in Photoshop <laughs> are the bane of my fucking existence. Like I don't, okay, granted, I've never been trained in Photoshop. I just like tried to figure it out. That was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. But, (laughs) you know, trying to use these Photoshop templates was awful. I ended up just like paying somebody else to do them. But now, you know, still have other people doing them. But if I wanted to, it's very empowering (laughs) to know that I can do them by myself in Canva for work with the templates that we set up. So I'm excited about that. I think that if you do any sort of graphic work, you should check it out. I, uh, I'm i going to second that. We just started using Canva for work uh, on my end as well. And I always know that a piece of software is good when my team is happy with a decision that I've made to switch software. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do it very often because I know too many, especially in the like online agile marketplace where we're all like running to the new great thing. Uh, it, it's really easy to kind of you know, abandon stuff that's been working for you constantly for whatever the new Bex thing seems to be. Mm-hmm. My uh, producer and then assistant editor, they, as soon as we signed up for Canva for work, they were super excited. That's so, awesome. That's a good <laughs> and endorsement. We started putting out new graphics and everything. It was very thrilling times. <laughs> so this week, I think, uh, I think we can summarily say that the biggest takeaway is if you get edited, don't be a jerk about it. Yes. Yes. That's just a life rule, but especially on this one, you know, make sure that you're not taking it personally. You're not internalizing it. You're recognizing that the editor is using their experience, knowledge, data, everything to make your piece exceptional. That's what they're there for. That's what they want to happen. So work with them. You you never know what you may learn about yourself. And if at the end of the day, they're going to really strip you out. They're one of those, you know, few bad editors that aren't going to be reasonable. Be willing to take your piece and walk away and find an editor who is good. Love that. Yes. You, yes. Oh man, so many times (laughs) yes. Join us next week. We'll be talking about rejection, which is different than being edited. It's like when I say, sorry, thanks, but no thanks. And how to get rejected with grace. Um, There's so many 
ways of being rejected and being told that, you know, it's just not a good fit, but there are also ways to do it where you can still have a good relationship. And so we're going to explore those ideas. Yeah, I think uh, I think another underlying theme of next week's episode will continue to be don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> totally. If you want any of the links, resources, other stuff from this episode, make sure to head on over to the managing editor show.com slash episode six. And if you have any questions or ideas to contribute, head to the managingeditorshow.com to leave a voice message or just send us an email hi at the managingeditorshow.com. That's a wrap. See you next week.